Welcome to the Faith for My Generation podcast, where our vision is to shake and shape a generation with the power of God's Word. We're on one mission, to raise up a generation of powerful believers through the relevant teaching of God's Word. I'm so thankful that you're here today. I'm your host, AJ. Let's get into the episode. And I'm going to click share now. If you're watching on YouTube and you're not subscribed to the YouTube channel, hey, Noah, hey, glad to have you, buddy. Hope you're having a good day. Hope you're having a, a good Monday, a good beginning to your week. If you haven't uh, subscribed to the YouTube channel and you're on YouTube, make sure you subscribe. That way you never miss any of these broadcasts, whether it's our Sunday morning services, whether it's our um, Wednesday night Bible studies, or sometimes when we'll do these through the week broadcast. And as I said uh, earlier, well, I guess it was yesterday, I made mention that during service that we're going to be doing a teaching this week. And this week we're going to be covering the Holy Spirit, the helper you need. Hey, I see Laura over here on Instagram. Love you, Laura. Uh, the Holy Spirit, the helper you need. And so that's what we're going to be talking about today is God, the Holy Spirit. Of course, we serve a triune God, three persons in total perfect unity. Don't let that scare you. Don't let that make it confusing. It's this simple. We see throughout the Bible, uh, many instances that we serve the, uh, the triune God, a trinity, three persons, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit in total perfect unity. And each member of the Trinity, they have different things that they do in our lives. Uh, I see some more people hopping on here on Facebook and YouTube. Uh, if you're just now getting on, go ahead and share the broadcast for me as we get started. We're just getting started. You've shown up at a perfect time. I'm looking over here in the chat. Hey, Miss Sarah, good to see you on, on the Facebook chat. Thanks for having, I'm glad that you're here today. Thankful to have you. Uh, but as I was saying, we have, we serve the triune God. Uh, we serve the, the Trinity, God the Father we see has ministry. Often we see that in the Old Testament. Uh, God, the Son, Jesus Christ, uh, He came and He ministered on the earth as a man. The Word became flesh, John 1 tells us, dwelt among us, and He gave us the power to become sons and daughters of God, John 1, 14. And that's what we're going to be celebrating here in a few days. The re you know We celebrate it continually, right? All day, every day, the power of Christ's resurrection in us, because that's what makes us believers and Christians. But I guess you might say a formal or religious high holy day of, of Resurrection Sunday, Easter. But it's good to celebrate it then too. And every day, I say we just celebrate it every day, the power of his resurrection. But we see the point I'm making that Christ, he had a ministry on the earth. And now he has, the book of Hebrew tells us, he has a ever-present eternal ministry as our high priest in heaven. And he intercedes for us. But there is also God, the Holy Spirit who is now on the earth dwelling among the Christians, among believers. And that's who we're going to study the word and see just who he is. You know, it's this simple. If God wants to reveal himself to us, he does that in many ways. He does it through names. Uh, you see that, uh, especially in the Old Testament, all these Jehovah titles, we'll call it. Jehovah Jireh, I'm the God, your provider. Jehovah Elohim, I'm the Lord God creator. Jehovah uh, Rapha, I'm the Lord God, your healer. And so we see that God reveals himself and who he is uh, in names. We also can see that God reveals himself in the way he does things um, and, and the way he saves and the way he heals, the way he lifts up, the way he sets up kingdoms and tears down kingdoms. And then we can also see there are symbols that oftentimes the Bible gives us, imagery. 
And if you remember, some of y'all joined me last year in November. I believe it was November. I did a broadcast, 12 life-changing traits of the word of God. Hey, Suzanne, glad to have you on today. I hope your event went well Saturday. I really pray it did. Um, we did 12 life-changing traits of the word of God in November. And we looked how the word of God is like fire. It's like water. It's like a seed. It's like a sword. It's like a bow. And we saw these different analogies, these different symbols of what the word of God is. And that's kind of the same approach is the exact same approach I'm going to take in this study this week, starting today, every day this week, Monday through Friday, 12 p.m., same time. Uh, join me as we make our way through some of these biblical symbols that we see that is that describes the ministry of the Holy Spirit in our life. Now, understand, just like when we see in the Word of God where it says the Word of God is like a two-edged sword, we understand the Bible itself is not a sword. You can't whack down a tree with it. But in the same way that you wield a sword to fight battles with and defend yourself, so is the Word of God. I defend myself with the Word of God, just like I would with a sword. Or in modern day, you know, modern day analogy, the word of God is a concealed weapon. Just like I can have a concealed weapon that will defend myself, the word of God is the same way. Except I'm not going to keep this concealed. I'm going to let this be seen and heard. But obviously, we know that the Bible is not literally a sword, but it has the same attributes. So, in what we're going to cover today, I want you to keep that in mind. The Holy Spirit is God. He's not a spook. He's not a mist. He's not a cloud. He is God. So we're going to get started. I want to invite every one of you, if you haven't already, go ahead and share the broadcast. I'm thankful that you're watching. I see the numbers rising up on Facebook and YouTube. Over here, we're on Gospel Tabernacle Instagram channel as well. And for all the podcast listeners, I'm glad that you're listening here on the podcast channel. Let's get started. Again, as I mentioned, we're caught this entire week, Holy Spirit, the helper you need. Holy Spirit, the helper you need. Let's begin with a word of prayer, and then we're going to jump right into it. Father, I thank you, Lord, that as we study your word today, Lord, that these precious people that are listening right now on the live and those that will listen in the future, Lord, I thank you that your word, it is alive, it is powerful, and it truly is sharper than a two-edged sword, that it divides asunder. It reveals the secret places of our heart, and our desire, Lord, is that your word be hidden in our heart, that we not sin against you, Lord. Lord, by the power of the Holy Spirit, give us revelation, knowledge, and wisdom of who you are and how you minister in our life. In Jesus' name, if you agree with that, once you type amen in the comment section, if you're listening on the podcast channel, wherever you're at, just say amen if you're thankful and if that's your prayer. We're going to have a starting point that we're going to use every day this week, starting in John 14. There's three, hey, Miss Letitia, good to see you. There's three different passages in the book of John that I want us to read. It starts at John 14, 26. John 14, 26, it says this, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name. Now, uh, I'm, I'm going to get through the whole verse, but I have to stop and just make a point here. We're talking about God, the Holy Spirit. We serve a triune God. You can see it right there. Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name. Whose name? Uh-oh. Thanks, Laura. <laughs> Sorry about that graphic. 
Hey, Laura made the graphic. Isn't it beautiful? I just wanted to leave it up for about 20 minutes. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do that on purpose. John 14, 26. There we see an example of the Trinity right there. The Holy Spirit, the Father in my name, the name of Jesus. He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. John 14, 26. But the Helper will... The Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. That's John 14, 26. John 15, 26. But when the Helper comes, whom I shall send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me in John 16, 13. However, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth for he will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. The Holy Spirit is our helper. And in fact, I want you to type that in the comment section. I want you to write that in the chat, if you're listening on the podcast channel, I want you to say that out loud. Say, the Holy Spirit is my helper. The Holy Spirit is my helper. It's important for you to understand that as a Christian, as a believer, the Holy Spirit is your helper. The Holy Spirit is your helper. We see that twice in two different verses here, John 14, 26, John 15, 26. That the Holy Spirit, he is coming in this sense when Jesus is speaking, and he has come to do what? To be the helper of the believer. Now, understand when we say that God, the Holy Spirit is our helper, that does not demean him. That does not make him small. That does not make him little. The reality is that's his mission and his ministry and his desire. That word in the Greek is parakletos. It means comforter, helper, someone who comes alongside. And if you can imagine, you know, someone come alongside you and they lock their arm in your arm and they lead you and guide you where you want to go. They want, they're, they're wanting to take you somewhere, so they lock arms with you, and they help you, they sustain you, they guide you, they strengthen you. If you stumble, they're there to hold you. If you trip, they're there to pick you up. That is what the Holy Spirit does. He is one that comes alongside and leads and guides and teaches and empowers. And the Holy Spirit has come, and he is in the earth now. The, in the present day ministry of God is by the power of the Holy Spirit in you and I as the believer. And him and his help is our covenant right. As a Christian, as a believer, you have a covenant right to receive the infilling of the Holy Spirit, to be filled from within and filled and, and poured upon. We're going to see that in a few days. Uh, that analogy, that the Holy Spirit being honest. But the Holy Spirit has a duality of, min of ministry. He works in our hearts. He works in our lives. He brings about the promises and the power of God in us, but he also works through us. 
so that we can do the works of Christ. And the Holy Spirit has come. He is here to help you. He is here, just look at that, to teach you things that Christ has spoken. So the Holy Spirit will help you teach you the word of God. You know, that's something I do oftentimes when I'm studying the Bible. I'll ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, help me understand this uh, because you're the author of it. We see that Second Peter 1, that holy men of old. We know that the Bible is inspired because Second Peter 1 says, holy men of old moved on by the Holy Spirit, wrote down the word of God. So the author of the word, there's about 40 some odd men and women who sat down and wrote. They physically wrote the Bible, but the author was the Holy Spirit working through them. And so if you want to know what a book means, if you want to know the intentions of the of a book and the fullness of the knowledge that's in the book, talk to the author. And the Holy Spirit is the author. And he will teach you. He'll teach you from his word. He'll teach you the things of himself through his word. And that's why he's come. He's come to help you. He's come to comfort you. He's come to teach you. He's come to bring truth from God the Father. He's come to bring truth, and he's come to testify of Christ Jesus. Now, when we talk about the Holy Spirit, you know, sometimes people, unfortunately, um, over the years, a lot of people have done a lot of weird things or shady things or silly things, um, and they did it in, quote, unquote, the name of the Holy Spirit. They did it, they said, you know, was the Holy Spirit made me do this or that. How do you know the Holy Spirit's working in you? It'll line up with the Word of God. The Holy Spirit's not going to deviate from the Word of God. Now, I didn't say it's going to look normal because by, by the fact, hey, Matt, good to see you, buddy. But, you know, the fact of it is God is not normal. He is not natural. He lives above the natural. He is supernatural. So when the Holy Spirit moves in you and empowers in you, it may not look normal. It may not look natural, but it's not going to be silly. It's not going to be, you know, sometimes our flesh can get in the way. Sometimes uh, our feelings may get in the way, and that's fine. We're, we are spirit beings having an, a physical experience on this earth, you know. But there's some things, some people have done wacky things. Oh, I was just a Holy Ghost. Well, I don't know if it was, or maybe you just wanted to do that. <laughs> but the Holy Spirit, he's come to empower you as a believer. He is here, and he's in your life to fill you with his power, to fill you with his might, to teach you his truth, to bring you peace, to empower you. You know, we think about Philippians 4.13. I'm going to get here to this, this first point in just a second, but I'm kind of setting a foundation for the whole week. A lot of people, you know, Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength, who strengthens me. Well, what are those things? What is it that you're being strengthened to do? What the Bible commands us to do? So the work of the Holy Spirit can look like many things. It can be the work of Christ, praying for people, laying hands on people, seeing the sick healed. It can be 1 Corinthians 12. I totally 100% believe in the gifts of the Holy Spirit for the church today. This, you know, speaking in tongues, the uh, discerning of spirits, words of wisdom, interpretation of those tongues and, and the body of Christ, word of knowledge, gifts of healing, gift of miracles, gift of wisdom, a word of wisdom, word of knowledge, gift of faith. I believe that all that is available for today. You see that. It, we're going to see the Holy Spirit empowers us to be a witness. The Holy Spirit makes you bold. 
you, you know, you, you don't, if as a Christian, it's your obligation, it's your responsibility, my obligation, my responsibility to study the word of God. The Bible tells us that first Timothy two fifteen. study the word of God to show yourself, therefore approved a workman of God, rightly dividing the word of God so that you'll not be ashamed. And as I study the word of God, the Holy Spirit will make you and me bold to tell someone about it because we're not studying the Bible just to know it. We're studying it so that we can live it and share it. The Holy Spirit will empower you and me to live holy. That's a work of the Holy Spirit. Living holy in an unholy world is a work of the Holy Spirit. Sanctification, being set apart and made holy unto God. That's a work of the Holy Spirit. And it's with that thought, I want to go into our first point. And as I mentioned, you know, it's, this lesson will be much like, these teachings will be much like that teaching series I did on the Word of God. We're going to use some symbols that the Bible gives us. These are all Bible symbols. These aren't symbols that I made up or I thought, oh, that would sound really cool if I said the Holy Spirit's like this. this these are all things that we've got chapter and verse four. And so I want you to uh, write this in the comment section, in the chat section. If you're listening on the podcast, say this out loud. I want you to just type this out, say this out. The Holy Spirit is like fire. The Holy Spirit is like fire. Go ahead and type that out. If you're listening on the podcast, say it out loud. The Holy Spirit is like fire. F-I-R-E. Or as my grandfather would say, afar. Afar came from the hills of Tennessee. And you didn't light fires. You wrote, you lit fars. But the Holy Spirit is like fire. Now notice, it's not the Holy Spirit is, but it's like. He is like fire. The Holy Spirit is like fire. Now, <clears throat> how can we see that? What does that mean? When you think of fire, what do you think? Well, I think of two things in the ministry of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has a zeal, and he has a refining power. Zeal. Z-E-A-L. We don't use that word a whole lot. But what does zeal mean? Zeal is a energizing. It's a stirring up. You know, you think about a locomotive or a train. I, I know this is an example with steam. I watch, you know, I grew up on Western movies. Love Western movies. Grew up on Western movies. And when they're, you know, you see these railroad uh, trains, uh, these steam locomotives, they've got a big engine. And in that engine, they've got a place where they're chunking in coal because they have a fire. And why are they burning fire? Why are they burning a coal? Because it produces heat and that steam makes that those wheels on that train move and go down the railroad tracks. That fire is producing an energy that pushes the train down the railroad tracks. And that's how the Holy Spirit is in, is in the life of the believer. The Holy Spirit is like fire in the life of the believer in that he empowers and energizes you to do the work of Christ. John 14, Jesus said, these works you shall do and greater than these. You're going to continue what I'm doing now, which is living a holy life, a set apart life, praying prayers that get answered, uh, doing the miraculous things of God. The Holy Spirit's going to work it through you. And the Holy Spirit empowers you and me as a believer to do what God's commanded us to do. Luke 3.16, it says this. Luke 3.16, John answered. Now, this is John the Baptist saying to all, I indeed baptize you with 
water. But one mightier than I is coming, whose sandal strap I am not worthy to loose. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Verse 17, his winnowing fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly clean out his threshing floor and gather the wheat into his barn, but the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. Well, that's the second thing that we can see, a second attribute or nature or quality of what fire does. You know, right now it's burn season uh, in landscaping and forest management. I, I just saw a video earlier today that this guy that runs a farm and he's come, we're coming out of winter. We're transitioning into spring, even though here in Lawrence, it just, it was 33 degrees yesterday and 32 Saturday morning. It didn't feel like spring, but spring still has a little bit of cold sometimes in the beginning, but right now it's burn season. So this farmer, he goes out into his pasture place. He's getting ready to bring in some new um, seeds and seedlings and crops. He's getting ready to plant. And what does he do? He, he manages it, but he sets the fields on fire to burn up everything that's dead. He's burning up everything that's dead from the previous season. Amen, Kathy. Absolutely. The word of God and the Holy Spirit is like a fire shut up in our bones. Amen. God bless you. Glad you're watching today. Appreciate you. And this farmer, he's burning up everything from the past season. He's burning up everything that's dead. And that's what the Holy Spirit does in the believer. That's what the Holy Spirit, in, invite and desire the work of the Holy Spirit in your heart. I pray this so often. Lord, if there's anything in me that's not like you, burn it up. Like this winnowing fan of the Holy Spirit, you've got a fan in your hand and you're flaming that fire of the Holy Spirit. Flame it on, God. Flame the fire of the Holy Spirit in me. Let it burn hot. What happens when you have a fire? You know, a fire needs three elements, right? It needs something to burn. Tinder, kindling, fuel. It needs heat and it needs oxygen. You can smother out a fire if you don't have oxygen, right? And as in verse 17 of Luke 3, he's saying his winnowing fan, he's, he's waving this fan and this wave of this air is causing this fire to get even hotter. If you're trying to start a fire, some of y'all went camping. I know Matt's he's been camping. You try to start a fire, it'll be a little tiny fire. But if you keep adding fuel to it, some small things as it gets bigger, a little bit bigger, and you and you blow on that flame, it'll get hotter and consume more and get hotter and consume more. And that's what we desire as Christians, as a believer. I want the fire of the Holy Spirit inside of me to clean anything out in me that shouldn't be there. Any thoughts, burn them up. Any feelings, any emotions that aren't true, that aren't holy, burn them up. Let them be burned up. I want it to be burned up. I want to be refined. Now notice this, uh, Malachi 3. We're going to just look, we're, each one of these points, we're going to look at several passages in the Bible. But Malachi 3 verse 1 says this. Behold, I send my messenger, and he will prepare the way before me. Now, this is talking about John the Baptist preparing the way for Jesus Christ, what we just read. We just read about John the Baptist who is talking about Jesus. He's saying, I'm baptizing with water, but there's one that's coming that will baptize you with fire and the Holy Spirit. Now, think about that. How do you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit? The Lord Jesus Christ. He is the baptizer. The Lord Jesus Christ says, I will baptize you 
We're going to look at that in just a few days, but the Holy Spirit being like water. I'm going to cover you, drench you in the anointing and presence of the Holy Spirit and with fire. And that's what we're talking about right now, fire. So Malachi 3, of course, the prophet Malachi living several hundred years before Christ came to the earth and before John the Baptist is the forerunner going and telling people about Jesus. He's prophesying by the Holy Spirit. He's saying, behold, I send my messenger and he will prepare the way before me. And the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple. Even the messenger of the covenant in whom you delight. Behold, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. Verse two, but who can endure the day of his coming? Who can stand when he appears? He is like a refiner's fire and a launderer's soap. Verse three, he will sit as a refiner and a purifier of silver. He will purify the sons of Levi and purge them as gold and silver that they may offer to the Lord an offering in righteousness. Part of the work of the ministry of the Holy Spirit in your life is that he refines you like pure silver and pure gold. Now think about it. Ladies, generally it's ladies that enjoy jewelry a lot more than men. I, I like, you know, I like a good watch. I like a good watch. Right now, most, most, all my watch bands, I guess, are stainless steel. I've not elevated yet to gold watch bands. <laughs> Those are pretty pricey. But why are they pricey? Why does pure gold, pure silver cost more? Why does pure gold or pure silver cost more? Because it has, it's an element. It's a precious metal that someone had to dig up out of the earth. And then they take that element and they put it in a very, very hot furnace. And that heat of that fire becomes so hot that it burns away all the sediment. It burns away all the impurities. And what you have, and it melts the silver and the gold. And what you're left with is the dross, the thing that's not valuable, the dirt, the sediment, anything that's not silver or gold. And then all the molten silver or molten gold or whatever precious metal you're working with. And that's what the Holy Spirit does in your life. He will purify you. He sanctifies you. He burns up everything else that isn't needed and leaves you purified. And he is like the refiner's fire. He is like that process of when you take this lump of gold that has dirt and sediment and other natural materials stuck to it, and you put it in there, and all the dross, all the junk is over here, and that pure gold comes out. That's what the Holy Spirit does to you. And see, this is the power of salvation. Why is salvation so miraculous? It's because God, the Holy Spirit, comes into your life. And in the process of making you a new creation, he burns up all the dead stuff in you. And yield to that. And don't let it be a one-time thing. Let it be a daily thing. Daily be in the refiner's fire. Daily go before God and say, Lord, refine me. Make me pure. Refine me. Burn up. If, if between yesterday and today, something has attached itself to me that is not of value, that will not push me closer to you, let it be burned up. Let it be burned up. 
See, the Holy Spirit is the spirit of burning. He is the spirit of fire. And in this sense, when you think about what fire does, Isaiah 4, verse 3 says this, And it shall come to pass that he who is left in Zion and remains in Jerusalem will be called holy. Notice that, holy. Everyone who is recorded among the living in Jerusalem. And when the Lord has washed away the filth of the daughters of Zion and purged the blood of Jerusalem from her midst by the spirit of judgment and the spirit of burning. Now, this is twofold. It's showing that in the day to come, when the renewal of Zion and the millennial reign after the time of tribulation and the second coming of Christ, there'll be the millennial reign and the Jerusalem and Israel will be cleansed as a people and a nation. So there's a prophetic, uh, there's a prophetic part to what I just read here in Isaiah 4, chapter, chapter 4, verse 3 and 4. But there's also an active work and ministry of the Holy Spirit right now in your life as a believer, right now in your life as a Christian. The spirit of judgment and the spirit of burning is the Holy Spirit. And why does he come in the spirit of burning and the spirit of judgment? He comes in the spirit of judgment so that he can rightly judge and say, this is good, this isn't. This is of God and this is not. This thought is true. This thought's a lie. And he judges and he sifts through your heart and through your mind. And then the spirit of burning, he burns up what shouldn't be there. So that we're left holy. Look, holiness is not, it's not just outward appearance. Some people think holiness is just what I do outwardly. Holiness is an inward work that works itself outwardly. If you're holy, you will not do certain things. You'll not do sins, what the, what the Bible lists as sins, if you're holy. But you, you won't desire it. You know, when you get saved, you get a new nature, and that's a work of the Holy Spirit. You become a new creation, a new creation, a new creature. Literally, in that Greek text of 2 Corinthians 5, 17, if any man be in Christ... Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Become a new creation. Literally what that means is it's like you became something other than just a human. It's almost like there was a whole new species created. That's what it means in the, in the Greek text, in the original Bible language. When you get saved, you become this whole new version, a whole new species. You, something new just got created. What was it? It's, not no, it's no longer just human, but it's God living in humanity. Oh, wow. It's something totally different now. It's it's a man filled with God. It's a woman filled with God. And that's so much different than just a man or woman dead in sin. And the Holy Spirit, when he makes you new, he empowers you to live holy. Bishop E.A. Adeboye, or excuse me, Pastor E.A. Adeboye, a redeemed Christian church of God, in the continent of Africa, I can't remember. I believe Nigeria is where his church is located. There's like 2 million, 3 million people in Nigeria that attend all these different churches that that um, that he's planted. Thousands of churches he's planted all over the earth. I say him, but him pastoring and leading. He makes this really great, great quote. He says, holiness is the master key. I want you to put that in the comment section. And if you're listening on the podcast, say that out loud. I hope if, if you're on the podcast, I hope you're listening. I say if you're listening on the podcast. Those listening on the podcast, say out loud. Those watching the live, type it in the comment section. Holiness is the master key. Holiness 
is the master key. Holiness is the master key. What do I mean by that? What does he mean by that when he says that? Living holy is living submitted to God. It's living surrendered to God. Holiness is not something you or I make happen. Holy not, holiness is not something you or I force it in our life. Holiness is a work of the Holy Spirit. It is a work of God in you. It's you yielding to him. It's you realizing that his truth is truth and that anything that is in opposition is a lie. So when the world says, you know what? It's not that big a deal if you indulge in these things, if you watch this stuff, if you're around these people or you do these things or you abuse your body this way or you fall for, they're not going to say deception, but you know, this idea, all love is love. No, God has defined what love is. And 1 Corinthians 13 verse 7 says, love does not rejoice in iniquity. Love does not rejoice in iniquity. So how do I know that I have the love of God? Well, one, when I, if I'm involved in something that is impure, that's unholy, an unholy relationship, an impure, so I'm, I'm letting my eyes see something that's impure. I'm watching something. I'm listening to something. I'm around people. I'm not talking about like, you know, witnessing to people or being at work, but I'm like, if your close relationships are people who do not serve God, that's going to lead you down a path you don't want to go. You should witness. You should love on people. You should be kind to people. But if your closest relationships are all people who think you're crazy for believing in Jesus, that, that's going to take you down a path you don't want to go. And holiness is being separated and surrendered to the things of God. It doesn't mean you can't have fun. The most fun I've ever had in my life is serving Jesus. Because that's true fun. It's fun that, you know, if you wake up the next day, you don't have a hangover. <laughs> you can actually remember what you did. That's real fun. Uh, you can do it and not be ashamed to tell people you did it. That's, that's called real fun. You can do it and you don't have to argue people down and make them, you know, um, accept what you did, even though inside you feel like it's not right. Real fun. I'm talking about real fun. Holiness is the master key. It's the master key to the promises of God. Because if you love God, you're submitted to him. You're surrendered to him. And the work of the Holy Spirit is like fire in that it burns away anything that shouldn't be in you. That, and the reality is not even shouldn't be, but that we don't want in us. That's our desire. You, you could be watching anything. You could be listening to anything right now. But you're listening to the, the Bible being taught. I'm doing my best to teach the word here. And you're listening, you're watching, you're commenting along. Why? Because you have a desire on the inside of you to draw close to God. And that's the work of the Holy Spirit, refining you, making you like pure gold, like pure silver. You know, I, I can't remember. I think it's the book of Psalms. It could be Proverbs, but I think it's Psalms. That's my gut is saying Psalms. There's a passage in the Bible, Psalms or Proverbs, that says that the word of the Lord is like pure silver tried seven times. You know, with gold and silver, there's a refining process. And oftentimes they, they'll start out that first push into that hot furnace. will get out a lot of the uh, dross, a lot of the sediment and soil, and they'll have some left over. But then they say, oh, there's still a little bit more in here. We'll have to put it back in. 
And they keep putting that gold and silver back into the fire, into the furnace until it's completely pure. And that's the work in the ministry of the Holy Spirit is him setting you apart. When you're saved, you're, yes, you're set apart, but it's a continual cleansing, a continual sanctifying, a continual setting apart, which is holiness. And the spirit of burning, the spirit of fire, the Holy Spirit makes you holy. He makes you holy. Holiness is possible. Holiness is possible. Thank you. It's Psalms. Awesome. Thank you, Alyssa. Appreciate that. Thank you. Quick Google search. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you for doing that. It is the book of Psalms. My gut was right. You know, usually when I listen to my gut, it, it, it means I eat a double cheeseburger or chocolate chip cookies. But this time, my gut actually uh, actually helped me out there. <laughs> Let's look at this. Psalms 104. Psalm, th this is good. Psalms 104. I want, you to, I want you to put in the comment section, I want you to say out loud, say, ministers of fire. Ministers of fire of fire. Type out ministers of fires. Hey, have a good day, Matt. Appreciate you jumping in while you could. Ministers of fire. Psalms 104 verse 4. Notice this. Type in the comment section, ministers of fire. Psalms 104 verse 4. Who makes his angels spirits and his ministers or servants a flame of fire. God will make his ministers or servants a flame of fire. Now, maybe I should have said servant, but understand that you're a minister. I know we use that word to deal with like pastors or clergy people, if you will, that formal word, uh, you know, when you wear your collar backwards and you got the little white thing there. We use the word minister with lots of times connected to pastor. And there is a specific, you know, there is callings in, in the offices of ministry. I'm not making light of that. But every Christian is a minister. Every Christian is a servant. You are a servant of God. You're a child of God. You're a friend of God. And you're a servant of God. And he makes you a flame of fire. Now, why is that important? Think about this. As a servant of God, a now the first verse it says is angel spirits. So that's that's these angelic beings that work in the kingdom of God. That's the spiritual spirit realm. But then he says, and his ministers, his servants, people, human people, you and me that believe on Jesus, he makes us a flame of fire. Now, why is that important that we're made a flame of fire? That means this fire of the Holy Spirit that's burning in us, that makes us clean, that energizes us, that empowers us to do the work of God, we carry that fire. You're a fire carrier. You're a servant of fire. You, it may, when I say fire carrier, it makes me think of, uh, I guess it's the Hawaiian folk or Polynesian folks that they're fire dancers. They got the, you know, flames on each end and they'll juggle it and spin it around and blow this, you know, flame of fire out of their mouth. You're a fire carrier. You carry the fire of God in you. You know, I, I was mentioning, making an example earlier in this broadcast 
about this farmer. It's burn season right now. And so lots of people are burning up their grass and dead leaves and everything, getting it all burned up and clean so that they can new life can come in. Well, how is he setting a fire to his pastures, getting it ready to plant seed? He had this propane tank. In fact, Blake here at church was telling me they were doing this at their yard just the other day. Propane tank with a torch on it, and he's going around starting fire with that torch. Managing it, of course, but he's starting a fire with that torch. The Word of God coming out of your mouth, you loving on people, you witnessing to people, you telling people about Jesus, you living to His Word, you allowing the Holy Spirit to work through you is just like that man walking around with a propane torch lighting fires. Wherever you go, you have the opportunity and the ability and the power of God in you to set people on fire. Man, that's good news. That gets me excited. Because the work of the Holy Spirit is not just for you. The work of the Holy Spirit and what he's doing in your life is not just for your benefit. It's for the benefit of your children, of your family, of your spouse, where you work, for your church, and for your community, for your city. You know, within you is the power of God to shake a nation. Now, how do you shake nations? You shake people. Because, you know, when I say that, people think, wow, that's a huge thought. A whole nation? But all a nation is is a group of people. How do you shake a nation? Shake families. Shake up marriages. Shake your church. And what is inside, or rather I should say, who is inside of you? God, the Holy Spirit. He is fire. He's like this fire burning in you. And you carry that fire. You carry that fire. In fact, Acts chapter 2 on the day of Pentecost says this, verse 1, And when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly they came, there came from heaven a sound as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole place, the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire. And one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues. As the Spirit gave them utterance, on the day of Pentecost, when this prophecy was brought to pass, and the Holy Spirit came as Jesus said it, as Jesus said he would. We read that in John 14, 15, and 16. I'm sending a comforter. I'm sending one, the Spirit of truth. I'm sending a helper. I'm sending the Holy Spirit. And when he came on this first occurrence of when he came and has been in the earth ever since he came and what was visibly seen was fire setting on these men and women, these 120 disciples that followed Christ and they were waiting in the upper room in prayer. And fire, it was visible fire set on their heads. You carry the fire of God. You are a minister of fire. You carry power. That sets people free. It is the presence and the work of the Holy Spirit. You've got good news. And you know, I couldn't think of a better week to keep that on the forefront of your mind. As you're preparing yourself, you know, to be in church and come come be in church on Sunday for Resurrection Sunday. Bring somebody with you. More people uh, will come to church that are unbelievers than any other Sunday of the year on Easter. They, they'll be 51 weeks out of the year. They don't darken the door of a church, but on Easter, they'll be there. And I'm thankful for it. 
I'll get people. I, I want people to come to church and be in the in the presence of God and around the people of God. For whatever reason they'll come, I'll take it. But I don't want them to come as a sinner or an unbeliever and leave the same way. I want them to have an encounter with the fire of God. I want them to have an encounter with the things of God. I want the spirit of God to burn up in them like it has me and you so that they can be made holy, so that they can be made a new creation, so that they can be saved and set apart, sanctified by the power of God. The next part we're going to cover here, we got a few more minutes before we finish up. I'm going to hold myself to it. This is an hour-long lunch broadcast from 12 to 1, so I'm going to do my best to get through this second part. I want you to put this in the comment section. Those listening on the podcast, you can say it out loud. The Holy Spirit is like a dove. The Holy Spirit is like a dove. The Holy Spirit is like a dove. Now, again, this is a symbol. This is an emblem. This is an analogy, but it does not mean the Holy Spirit is a dove. Amen. He's not a bird. (laughs) God, the Holy Spirit, is not a bird, but he has the characteristic, as we'll see, of this dove. The Holy Spirit is like a dove. Luke 3, where we started, talking about how the Holy Spirit is like a fire. John the Baptist said, there's one greater than me coming who's going to baptize you, I'm baptizing you in water. But there's one that's coming I'm going to baptize, that will baptize you in the Holy Spirit and fire. Well, Jesus comes. And we see in verse 21, it says this, When all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus was also being baptized. <clears throat> and while he prayed, the heaven was open. Verse 22, And the Holy Spirit descended in bodily form like a dove upon him, upon Jesus. And a voice came from heaven, which said, you are my beloved son. In you, I am well pleased. So we see here where John the Baptist is baptizing people unto repentance. You know, John, he's going around, he's telling people, Christ, the Messiah is coming. The one the prophets have prophesied, he is coming. Prepare yourselves now in a heart of repentance because he's coming. And they would do that as as a sign that they're turning their hearts toward the things of God. They would be baptized in water. And on this day, Jesus comes to fulfill prophecy, and he is baptized in water as well. In fact, John's like, wait a minute. I'm not even worthy to untie your shoes, Jesus, let alone baptize you. And Jesus says, no, I don't want to hear that. We must fulfill the word of God. The word of God says that that you would prepare a way, and you're going to baptize me, and that's what we're going to do. And when Jesus comes up out of that water, the Holy Spirit descends from heaven like a dove, in the form of a dove, in the image of a dove, something that natural eyes could see. God gave them a sign, a wonder. Oftentimes when the Holy Spirit moves and works, you see signs and wonders. What does a wonder do? It makes you wonder. What does a sign do? It points you to a direction. And the Holy Spirit descended from heaven in the form of, in the image, in the likeness of a dove and rested upon Jesus. John 1.29, same account, same happening. But John puts it this way. The next day, John saw Jesus coming towards him and said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me comes a man who is preferred before me, for he was before me. Of course, Christ was the word, and the word has no beginning or ending. 
I did not know him, but that he should be revealed to Israel. Therefore, I came baptizing with the water. And John bore witness saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and he remained upon him. And I did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water, the Father, said to me, Upon whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, this is he who baptized with the Holy Spirit. And I've seen and testified that this is the Son of God. Now, what does the likeness of a dove show us in the personality, the characteristic, the nature of God the Holy Spirit? It shows us that he is gentle. It shows us that he is harmless. Now, understand when I say harmless. It's not that he is not fierce because he is. It's not that he cannot bring judgment because he can and he will. We see that, unfortunately, in Ananias and Sapphira in the book of Acts, chapter 5. They lie not to Peter or to the people of the church. They lie to the Holy Spirit. Peter said, why did you lie? You weren't lying to me. You were lying to the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit struck them down dead. So when I say harmless, I do not mean that he will not execute judgment on what is wrong. What I mean by the Holy Spirit is harmless is he's not going to hurt you. He's going to, he is for he is for your good. The work and the ministry of the Holy Spirit is not something that should scare you. But what the reality is what scares people I believe is surrender. Is control. I like to control myself. I like to do what I want to do, say what I want to say, but I don't have that as a Christian. I don't want that. I tried that and it didn't work out well. I want to do what God wants me to do. I want to say what God says. I want to think what God thinks. And the Holy Spirit is harmless in that he is for your good. He will bless you. He will honor you. He will bring honor to you. He, he will love and care for you. He's gentle. He's a comforter. Remember what we read in John 14, 26. In fact, I'm going to read it again as we come to a close today. John 14, verse 26. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Notice this, verse 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. The Holy Spirit is gentle and comforting in that he brings to you his peace. Romans 14, 7 says that the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but it is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. You want to be made righteous with the righteousness of God? It's by the work of the Holy Spirit. You want to have peace that this world cannot give you? It's by the work of the Holy Spirit. You want to have joy that's not shaken or you know elevated or reduced by the circumstances of what's going on in this world? It's by the work of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will make you righteous. He will give you peace and he will fill you with joy. You know, we see that in the Galatians chapter 5. Gentleness is one of the fruits of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is like a dove in that he is gentle. He is kind. He is merciful. He is comforting. He does good. You know, this, this is 
this is a powerful revelation of of what Christ did on the earth, but also what the Holy Spirit does in your life because he works the same in you as he did Jesus. Acts 10, 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Notice this. When Jesus was anointed with the Holy Spirit and with power, what did he do? He went about doing good. The Holy Spirit empowered Jesus to do good. Well, you say, well, yeah, but he's Jesus. Remember, when Jesus is walking the earth, Philippians 2 tells us, he thought it not, not robbery to be equal with God, but yet in the spirit of obedience, he humbled himself, not just to humanity, but unto death. He, he limited himself. He, he, he poured himself into humanity. He poured himself out. He became restricted. He chose it. Not me saying it. He chose to be limited as a man on the earth, but then was anointed, as we just saw in Luke 3 and John 1, by the Holy Spirit with power, Acts 10, 38. And when he was anointed by the Holy Spirit, be, becoming an example for you and I, that we, though being human, we can be more than that. We can be humanity filled with the power of God, filled with the Holy Spirit. And when we're anointed by the Holy Spirit, we can do what Jesus did, which is doing good and, and, and healing those that were oppressed by the devil, for God was with them. You want God with you? Well, that's the presence of the Holy Spirit. You want the, the, the comfort of the Holy Spirit? That's him living and dwelling in you. And the Holy Spirit is like a dove. In that same sense, as the dove came down, the Holy Spirit looking like, in the image of, the form of a dove setting on Christ, he's like that in your life. He comes to bring you comfort. He comes to bring you peace. He comes to bring you joy. He comes to bring you his righteousness. He comes to fill you with his power. He comes to do you good. He's not, you know, it's like Jeremiah uh, 29, 13, uh, these are the plans that I have for you. Now, he's speaking to Israel in the time of captivity in Babylon, but it's no different. God's not a respecter of persons. If God had plans for Israel to do them good, you know, and to prosper you, well, that's the plans he has for you, to do you good and to prosper you. How is he going to do that? By the work of the Holy Spirit. Hey, I'm so thankful that you've joined me here on the broadcast, on the live stream, on Insta, on Facebook, on YouTube, on the podcast. Hey, I'm so thankful that you've joined me. I really do appreciate your time. I, I think it's just, I think it's so awesome that uh, all the people that have come and viewed throughout uh, the teaching, that you would take time out of your day to join me and study some Bible. I'm going to be here every day this week. So I hope to see you tomorrow, Tuesday, 12 p.m., same places, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, podcast. Come see me tomorrow, 12 p.m. We're going to continue our study, and I'm not going to leave up the graphic for 10 minutes this time, but we're going to continue our study, Holy Spirit, the helper you need. And also, I want to mention this. If you're watching, wherever you're watching, I see a lot of familiar names and folks that are part of the Gospel Tabernacle family, which that's, I'm one of the pastors here at Gospel Tabernacle. I have the privilege to serve the people of this church and the calling of God here at this church in Lawrence. If you're watching and you do not have plans for Easter, you don't have a home church, come join us. 
you know, whether whether you're here in the immediate area of Lawrence or maybe it's a little bit of a drive, don't make too long of a drive. You know, if it's more than 20 hours of driving, don't drive to come visit us. Get on an airplane and come see us. No, I'm serious. Come be a part of the celebration of the power of Christ's resurrection. That's what we're going to celebrate this coming Easter. And I want you to join me. If you don't have Easter plans, April 17th, Easter service, I want you to come be a part here at Gospel Tabernacle Church. Be here. It's going to be a great time in the Lord. You can come be my guest. I'll have a place just for you. And in fact, if you come and see me on Easter Sunday and you're a brand new visitor, I'll take you out. I'm going to take you to Chick-fil-A and let you order everything off the menu. Ah, they're not open. We'll have to find something out. (laughs) We'll have to find something else because Chick-fil-A isn't going to be open. I thought I was going to get by on encouraging people to come and not have to pay for lunch. But come see us. Come join us. Hey, let me pray for you before you leave. I want to bless you. Lord, I thank you for these precious people, these men and women that have been watching today. Lord, I thank you their hearts are turned towards you. You said, Father God, that when we seek you, when we hunger and thirst after righteousness, that we shall be filled. And we thank you, Lord, right now we're being filled to overflowing with the power and the work and the might and the fire and the comforting work of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, if you believe it, give me an amen in the comment sections. You're listening on the podcast. You can give a shout out right where you're at. Let me know that you agree in prayer with that. And I'll see you tomorrow, Tuesday at 12 p.m. See you soon. God bless you. Thanks so much for joining me for this episode of the Faith for My Generation podcast. Remember, every Monday I've got a brand new wake-up call for you. And every Thursday I've got a brand new episode right here on Faith for My Generation podcast. And remember, we are the faithful.